0: Welcome to the Global Cosmetics News Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about CBD and its limitations. But first, it's my pleasure to introduce our panellists. In the studio with me, I have Nat McNeil, who is director at Cloris. On the phone from the UK, I have Gemma Coleo, who's managing director of Oto. From Colombia, I have Laura Angel, who's head of innovation management at Clever Leaves. And from New York, Dr. June Chin, who's Chief Medical Advisor at St. Jane Beauty. Welcome, everybody. So, CBD was undoubtedly one of 2019's major trends, and it's been tipped to continue through 2022. Uh, What's all the fuss about? Would Gemma like to start us off with that?
1: Okay, so honestly, I think that we really haven't seen an ingredient of this incredible depth and breadth before. Um, the breadth of the benefits of CBD offers is remarkable. Um, CBD affects our cell signaling system or our endocannabinoid system. So we all have this natural molecule within ourselves um, that is very similar to the um, CBD molecule, um, which helps to regulate functions such as sleep, immune response, and pain. So it's just got such a wide range of benefits. And we're seeing, you know, more and more research out there at the moment of the topical benefits. We know it can help with um, inflammation. You know, we're starting to see from some of our customers um, that it can help with acne, that it can help with eczema and unbelievable about skin complaints as well. So I think, you know, it is just such an incredible ingredient that, that, you know, there is a reason why there's a fuss about it. It works. and Yeah, it's definitely going to be a major trend continuing from my side.
2: Laura, anything to add? Yeah, well, aside from from the benefits that have already been mentioned, I would have to say that acceptance and knowledge around the therapeutic benefits of cannabis have been growing during the past years thanks mainly to the efforts of industry players, of universities, the medical community. And this increasing amount of research and evidence has definitely begun to show the potential effects that cannabis and its compounds have on the human body. And although there is still a lot we need to learn and understand, it's important to say that it is not a surprise that the medicinal, cosmetics, food, and other industries have begun to explore how those effects and benefits can be incorporated into products that address the health and wellness of its users. So I, I would have to add that to to what has already been said on on the benefits of cannabis. Do you know to you.
3: Yes, I support everything that's been said. And what's interesting is University of Toronto, uh, Dr. Vincent Maida. He's a palliative care specialist, and he is he heals chronic wounds. And he, in his study, he found that there was a 90% success rate in cannabinoids in healing chronic wounds. So this is skin condition to the extreme. So if we're looking at the anti-inflammatory-based uh, topical products here, um, healing chronic wounds, we can also, same thing, look at consumer you know, treating acne and rosacea and eczema as well.
4: And finally, Um I, I agree with all of that. I think it's a combination of factors that we... we see the incredibly exciting um, benefits of all of these cannabinoids and the very unique way that they they work within the system and the fact that they can work both topically and um, when ingested as well and the the very unique way that they, they help the body to help itself. And also that combination of the fact that we haven't really had access for a long time to this molecule because of of legislation really. A lot of research was blocked and a lot of um, consumer acceptance was was held back and we've got this very exciting sort of confluence of things now where we've got this research coming to the fore and it's finally been made widely available. So I think we're just seeing the beginning of, of how exciting this is going to get.
0: Obviously, there's been a huge amount of hype in the cosmetics industry. Can we still consider this trend niche or is the fact that some major retailers are stocking CBD based products and even Avon's come out with its own CBD based oil mean that it's mainstream? Nat, that
4: question to you. Um, I think we're still not at the mainstream point. I think there are still barriers to it being fully mainstream. Um, some retailers still can't even sell this because of knock-on effects of, of banking regulations, for example. So I don't think we can say it's mainstream yet. I think we're only seeing really this, the um, the start of the kind of products that could benefit from CBD being added in there. Um, we're seeing some products that aren't so beneficial as well. But I think right now we're just at the entry point of this.
1: Gemma? Yeah, I think um, with high consumer awareness and low market penetration and obviously the massive growth in the wellness market itself and almost no other comparable alternatives like CBD usage is definitely set to explode, but I would definitely agree it's definitely not mainstream yet. I mean, here in the UK, I think uh, it's estimated that about 11% of the population have used CBD so it's it's pretty early days and there's a lot of a long way to go and there's a lot of awareness to be done um, but um, we're seeing that you know numbers out there like 50% of the population are aware of what CBD is now which is great and are really willing to try it and there's a real awareness to get involved in this like we're a little bit behind you know the US and Canada <laughs> but it's definitely coming along I would say. And Laura?
2: yeah, I agree with the fact that um it's perhaps a stretch to consider it mainstream yet. I would like to add also the issue of regulatory development. So the pace at which um, those regulatory developments occur also makes it difficult for these markets to grow as fast as, as one would expect. And the consolidation of more stable regulatory frameworks which protect users and forge product quality um, will definitely contribute to moving CBD lines from niche to mainstream.
3: And June? I agree. It's still not mainstream yet because it's not here in the US, not properly regulated. Not all CBD products are equal and they're not tested with rigor, uh, such as the St. Jane products. We're actually uh, testing it ourselves three and four times over.
0: So let's talk about those regulatory challenges, um, because as yet, CBD has largely got the green light to be a cosmetic ingredient, but there have been a lot of questions um, from the regulatory sphere and the FDA budget's just been upped accordingly. Should the industry be self-regulating? Should regulation be tightened up? Uh, June, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I think the industry should be regulating. Um, Not everyone has best business practices or even has CBD um, in their products. Um, I know for ourselves, we're setting a high caliber and a standard in Testing everything uh, four times before it even hits the shelves, but not everyone has the budget or the business ethics to do so.
4: And that? Yeah, I think it needs to be a combination. I think the the best uh, brands out there will be self regulating, and I think that ultimately that quality is what will ensure that they they sustain, and that I think consumers are becoming increasingly aware of that. I think we undoubtedly need better regulation on a on a global basis. I think we're already starting to see that in the UK and the EU and that, that sort of firming up and that's only going to be beneficial for the market. I think the more regulations we get in place that won't be a concern for those brands that are building from a quality base anyway, but that will really help open up the retail market and build consumer confidence.
0: Gemma, do you want to add to
4: that?
1: I'd agree. I mean there's not the the regulations aren't there sadly yet. Um hopefully they're coming. I think it's really important for brands to Set really high standards, you know, exactly like um, St. Jane do. And we do at Oto, you know, constant testing and rigor around uh, all of our products is absolutely essential. But yeah, we, we need strong regulations because we need consumers to be protected. We need investment to come into the industry. And, and ultimately, we need that to help the industry grow. It's really important. And Laura?
2: Yeah, adding to the self-regulation, definitely it's a must in the sense that only products that are safe and made under the best practices possible should be placed on the market and and companies should put customer safety and satisfaction at the forefront. However, I do, and, and, and at Clever Leaves, we are witnessing some signs. Of regulatory global harmonization around CBD. So, for example, the World Health Organization recently issued some recommendations that the Commission on Narcotic Drugs is analyzing and that basically clarify that CBD is not a narcotic. Um, This could have a significant impact in terms of seeing a common regulatory framework within the European Union, for example. And in addition, Uh, The USA already allows at the federal level CBD products for cosmetic uses. So there are good reasons to believe that this trend of um, regulatory global harmonization is going to continue. And that's going to benefit the industry as a whole.
0: And while we're talking regulation. Is the f- the lack of regulation or lack of cohesive regulation the reason why we haven't seen any majors innovate in this space yet? Are they all sitting back and letting the indies do the hard work? Uh, Laura, let's start with you.
2: So big companies in the food, beverage, cosmetic and even pharma industries are, are already slowly uh, starting to move forward by including CBD products into their portfolios. So we might not have seen a lot of them doing so yet, but but we've seen some first steps being taken in this direction. And we do agree that regulations and, and the fact that uh, there are pending issues around these might be hindering more perhaps uh, big moves on behalf of these companies, but we are already seeing them. So there's these signs should be read with optimisms and As regulatory frameworks around the world continue to evolve, it's accurate to anticipate that moves on behalf of these major brands will have a great impact on the global landscape.
3: June, what are your thoughts? I actually think there are some major innovations in the space. I think um, in here in the U.S., companies like Nestle, there's a subsidiary of Nestle that um, has a CBD product product. Um, you know, there is a little experimentation with different um, cosmeticals and nutraceutical companies. We're just not hearing it um, in PR yet. So I think they're working in the background until regulation um, is a little bit more solid. But definitely things are moving.
0: Nats, you're nodding.
4: Yes, I think um, undoubtedly regulation has held things back. I think we are seeing innovation at, at all levels. I think the reason that that indie brands like like caloris or like St. Jane and Oto are um, driving that innovation right now is because um, we can do that on a scale that um, doesn't make sense for the big brands right now. So regulation means, for example, that you can't have complete nationwide distribution in, in all retailers with this. It's quite a unique product in that way in that um, not all retailers, even in the UK, can actually... Um, sell cannabis-based products and bank the money from that, depending on who their credit card acquirers are, for example. And that's a challenge that I think for a lot of big brands just right now doesn't make sense. They're better off um, doing the R&D, sitting on it and waiting for the the rest of the market to evolve and the legislation to be there that would make the rollout make sense.
1: And Gemma? Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. Like we need the Appropriate regulatory framework, and then consistency internationally for the major brands to feel comfortable moving into this space. So I think everyone is looking at it. Everyone's working on it. But yeah, I think we'll we'll start to see the move, you know, soon in the next year or so for sure.
0: And while we're on regulatory hurdles, there has been a certain development in synthetic CBD um, as a way of bypassing them. How does that square with the fact that the my understanding is that the main consumer interest in CBD is attached to its natural positioning? Um, Gemma, would you like to comment first?
1: Yeah, um, are we talking about synthetic in terms of of isolate or are we talking about synthetic in terms of, you know, created in a lab? Because obviously quite different, two quite different things. The term synthetic, I think, feels quite sinister and, and <laughs> a little bit scary for people. Choose whichever uh, suits. But <laughs> you know, there are, you know, there are some legal things around this you know obviously there's a lot of talk around full spectrum um, oil and using the full plant and keeping it as natural as possible and research into um you know the the full spectrum effects let's say um but you know here in the UK we need to be super super careful around you know THC content and actually all of the other cannabinoids which are still legal in the UK um so you know from, from our perspective at Oto, you know, we we use um we use isolate um because we can guarantee that we can put decent quantities of C B D in products that actually work. Um, and but but you know also we you know not going into any legal issues there around any THC or other cannabinoids. But I think you know it's so important for all brands um and for consumers to understand where where each product comes from where each ingredient comes from and that it is like the best ingredient sourced from the right place and and is all you know is all absolutely kosher um, I mean for us one of the things that that we do is we take um, a lot of the terpenes um, from other plants and actually enrich our products with those to kind of help this kind of full spectrum um, and absorption of the CBD um, and we find that's you know that's one thing that is is really beneficial in our products. Um, all of this is very different from creating CBD in a lab, um, which is obviously not natural and doesn't fit into that natural product. But I think there's some um, some importance for that in medical products. But I think more on the therapeutical side, it's, it's better to stick with the, you know, the more natural approach.
2: And Laura? Yeah, I mean, although CBD is one of the plant's major and more renowned compounds, the cannabis plant has over 400... Composites between cannabinoids, terpenes, and others. And some studies have shown that it is the interaction of all of these compounds which generates the plant's desired effects. Um, this is known um, as the entourage effect. So, however, even though it, it is recognized, we see that only further research will provide the evidence to answer these questions with more precision than what we can do so today. Um, but we do recognize. The potential of the cannabis plant working as a whole. And June,
3: I agree. You know, I I always think about it in a way of taking dietary supplements and vitamins. You know that that there's a place for that if you have gaps in the diet. Um, but these you know supplements are pulling um, you know vitamins and minerals out of the plant form is only a partial representation of the complex that nature produces. So, of course, whole plant extract, there's synergistic effects of these complex compounds found in plants. And when you isolate these compounds and taking it in pure form, you may not get all the benefits. But you also might increase the risk of taking them out of context as well.
0: And Nat?
4: I, yeah, I think this is where um, regulation will undoubtedly um, play a key role right now. Some of the legislation is arguably quite quite badly worded, such that um, if you were to follow it to the letter, then in in some instances, synthetic CBD would actually be the only way to go. Uh, you look at some countries; they legislate that you you can't use CBD if it's been derived from the flower of the plant, for example. There's no one that I'm aware of globally who's not deriving it from the flower of the plant because commercially, it's not viable. Um, synthetic CBD is possible, but it is much more of a than a, a pharmaceutical molecule when you're looking at it like that and it's actually quite expensive to produce produce well. It's not a very straightforward process. You can make it from natural substances like limonene, for example, but there are inherent limitations of that. So I think where we'll hopefully end up with is better legislation that is more suited to a plant-based product like this and isn't so... um, focused on, um, for example, a lot of the legislation is based around the fact that the flour is considered a controlled substance in most countries and it still is under the single convention, um, which is what hopefully will will change soon. Um, and that has a lot of knock-on effects, so even in the UK it means that you can't farm and produce CBD in the UK because legally you can't harvest the flour. So I think we need um, regulation and legislation to catch up to actually um, help this and drive it forward.
0: Let's move on to products. Um, what is the main driver from a cosmetics point of view right now? Um, and what uh, will we see in the near future? Um, Euromonitor, for example, says that therapeutic and dermo skincare care are the main uh, product categories. Uh, Nat, why don't you start us off with that?
4: Yes, yeah, certainly we're seeing the, the therapeutic qualities of it in terms of its anti-inflammatory effects and things like that are really, um, they're sort of key elements of it, um, particularly like the the topical application of it for those kind of things is um, phenomenal Um, so I think as the research develops further into that and we look at other ways of delivering that with other sort of synergistic um, materials that's really what's going to drive things forward Um, certainly a lot of our topical products we're seeing inflammation and that side of it being the the kind of key driver of, of uptake right now
1: and Gemma Yeah, I think I I definitely agree with that. You know, what we're seeing from our research is that people, you know, they do want that therapeutic benefit. You know, consumers are much more savvy now. You know, they really want to move back to sort of more natural products. And CBD really bridges that kind of, it actually works. It really does have a, a therapeutic benefit, but it is also, you know, completely natural, which is amazing. I mean, what we're finding is that our consumers are coming back to us and saying, you know, oh my god, we've found that it's amazing for rosacea, or we've found that this has cured my eczema. And I think, you know, the this is where people or acne, you know, amazing. Um, th- this is this is where people really want to see their skincare working really hard for them um, in a natural way. That's definitely what we're seeing.
2: And Laura. So um, yeah, adhering to the to the consensus of, of the rest of the panel, um, we believe that given the origins of the recent interest on cannabis and CBD, um, we also agree with Euromonitor in the sense that the plant has become well-known for its therapeutic effects. So the plant's anti-inflammatory and irritation-reducing properties do make it a promising ingredient for skincare products as well
3: and dr jean yes i agree and uh, and also i think um you know looking at the anti inflammatory uh, process is beneficial but it balances the skin microbiome so we really we can look at things through you know microorganism, bacteria you know viruses again in in treating wound healing but looking at issues such as cystic acne um rosacea Know, really deep inflammatory conditions of the skin um, that does not, and or the skin that is not able to balance its own microbiome.
0: And what about um, how the therapeutic benefits can translate to other product categories? So hair care, for example, has it got application there? Um, what will we be seeing next? Nora? over to you.
2: So we have not explored this um, product category yet and have not really accessed any revealing evidence on the effects of CBD or cannabis for hair care. For now, skin care and uh, therapeutic products will keep us busy for a while. There's still a lot we need to understand in terms of the actual benefits of incorporating CBD into these types of cosmetic products and a long way to go in terms of developing the technologies that will allow the best levels of absorption for them to actually deliver the desired effects. So for us, it's important to remember that cosmetics products are, you know, one of the various potential applications of CBD um, and that we need to dig deeper into the medical and scientific dimensions of cannabis uses and applications so that we can really h- render those highest impacts in terms of health and wellness. June, what do you think?
3: Well, our skin has its own endocannabinoid system. And if there's an imbalance in the skin's uh, endocannabinoid system, patients can develop you know the skin conditions that we've mentioned, but also hair growth disorders. So I think this is a very exciting time, and, and I'm looking forward to the research uh, with how the cannabinoids can play into hair growth disorders as well.
4: Nat? Uh, yeah, I think this has to be driven from a research perspective. So, um We need to see the evidence of how this can work to to apply it to different products yet. I think we need to resist, just from an industry perspective, throwing CBD into any old product on the hope that that will increase sales. It needs to come from a place of of credibility. Right now, we don't have the published research there for things like hair care. Hopefully, we'll see things um, coming out soon.
1: And uh, Gemma? Yeah, I think that that's covered it really. I'm, I'm not sure that the research is quite there yet, but it would be really exciting if there is something in that space. I think certainly we try and focus on the things that we've, you know, we've got enough research to feel we can definitely make an effect first. Um, but yeah, it'd be very exciting to see if there's, if there's some evidence in this area going forwards.
0: And talking about research, I mean, there are a huge amount of claims going on for CBD to the extent that the ingredient is pretty much straddling beauty and healthcare at the moment. I mean, I've seen in the process of my research claims that it can alleviate symptoms of anxiety, aid sleep, um, cure acne, help with rosacea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, what is the positioning here? Are we? Is it beauty? Is it wellness? Is it healthcare? Is it a mixture of all of those? June, the floor's yours.
3: Yeah, when when you think about inflammation. You know inflammation is the root cause of of all diseases, even depression, anxiety, um, same thing with even skin. When you have skin eruptions, that cause of the skin eruptions is inflammation. So that's why it seems like CBD seems to cure everything uh, under the sun. But it is because it's such a potent anti-inflammatory, it does reach these different symptomologies and different disease states. Um, And that's why it's been touted as this magical elixir. How could it treat skin conditions and irritable bowel at the same time? Um, But it is because of that inflammation. It's an anti-inflammatory. Nat?
4: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And also because of the fact of the way it's interacting with the endocannabinoid system and it exhibits this this range of effects and actually helping the body to achieve homeostasis and, and produce more of the messenger chemicals that it's lacking it means that it does exhibit quite a wide range of effects. And also that it can be applied topically and it's interacting with the endocannabinoid system in a different way to if you were to um, take it orally or sublingually. Um, I think this is why it does, it's a very, very interesting area. And we also need to be, as we were talking about before, careful to not just, um, we're talking about sort of cannabis extracts in general when we're talking about these effects as well. So CBD is the primary one, but there is also this this entourage effect and a whole host of other cannabinoids there where we're not entirely sure um, what the overall um, effect is there. But I think we're seeing, this is why it's so exciting because it does have this broad wellness um, effect. So I think very much I would, I would class it as a wellness product that happens to have beauty characteristics. I think we, as a, an industry in general, want to be quite um, wary about straying into medical territory as well. I think that is a, a very different thing and will be regulated in a very different, a different way. Um, it is super exciting. It's a very... Interesting area to work in as well because we can't make any direct claims about it. Um, We know the benefits that um, end users see from using these products and that is why it's proving so popular. But um, we we can't go out there and and say that um, it will help you sleep better or it will resolve anxiety issues and things. Yet that's the kind of effect that users are seeing and, and some of the main reasons that we see people buying these kind of products.
1: Gemma? Yeah totally agree um and i think generally you know we're seeing the boundaries between wellness maybe traditional medicines um blurring anyway in healthcare um i think that you know there is this move um in the public um to move away from perhaps traditional medicines that have you know, quite difficult side effects um, to things that are, you know, much more natural. And there is a lot of research out there about the, the benefits of CBD, um, you know, and, and for stress and anxiety and general well-being. And CBD is, you know, absolutely blurring the lines between these two. And I mean, you know, I think that's what's so incredible about it. You know, I think we can all understand that wellness is is about, you know, healthiness and beauty on the inside as well as on the outside you know the better we feel the better we look so you know all of these links to helping with stress and anxiety um, calming people um, but also having these amazing inflammation benefits that can help our skin and all of these other things you know it's it's real it's just such a perfect ingredient for this move away from perhaps traditional medicines and healthcare towards like a full holistic wellness approach.
2: And Laura, yeah, I also agree with with what has been said already, and um, we believe that what sets the the boundaries between all of those, you know, different possible applications is precisely of regulation. So, depending on which type of product is the one that you want to place on the market, you will have, you know, different possibilities and routes, and and you'll face certain restrictions in terms of the types of claims that uh, you can make. But um, we also believe that research and the evidence that has been produced recently and that continues to come up um, through the efforts that have been or are continued to be done by many is going to feed these different product streams, hopefully, um, in the sense that uh at least in some respects, we are seeing a trend towards more science as a demand from consumers. So the more information, the more evidence that you can present on products, the more accepted they will be and what you can do or not do in terms of claims um, is already being defined by those regulatory boundaries. So I guess that that also sets you know, aside what can be said within the context of the cosmetics industry and what can be said and done within the context of, of other types of industries, um, more in the health healthcare realm, for example.
0: How about uh, anti-aging, for example? Will we see claims in there or are we sticking perhaps to, to sort of slightly different positioning like menopause care, cycle care? June, what do you think?
3: So for, for uh, anti-aging for the skin and as, it, as with other botanicals, you know, stress, you have UV exposure, um, even chronic disease and smoking and hormones all affect anti-aging. And what's interesting is that CBD has shown to reduce um, appearance of fine lines, wrinkles and discoloration. And it, because it promotes wound healing and appearance of scarring, we can look at this as a segue into the biology of aging skin.
2: Laura? Well, uh, we're still very much uh, adhering to the evidence and uh, towards, you know, where where the research is is showing these potential effects in anti-aging so far is not something that we have thoroughly explored. So really looking forward for now to seeing, um, you know, what the tests and the studies begin to show in this direction. And Gemma? Yeah, I think, uh,
1: again, I would ag- agree with that. You know, we definitely are hearing from consumers that this is something they think is happening. Um, but, you know, we're waiting for for more research to catch up with that, to really understand, you know, whether it's more of an entourage effect from all of the other benefits that you get that then make you feel younger or look younger or, you know, what the actual science is behind that. But, yeah, very exciting to see that come out soon.
4: And that? Yeah, I think it... Where again, we need the research to back that up as a, a claim for it, it as an individual compound, but also I think it as part of a routine with other ingredients that that will work synergistically with it. Um, I think we're going to see some very exciting developments there. But again, to make any specific claims, we still that that research needs to be there, and I think we're going to start to see more and more of that come out over the, the coming months and years now.
0: Let's move to the money. Um, Has the stratospheric growth that's predicted for this market materialised is, for example, the acquisition of This Works by Canopy or the rise of St. Jane Beauty indeed to Sephora bestseller status? Congratulations, June. Um, A glimpse of the future. Gemma, do you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, I think the, the the growth will happen. And that's because, you know, the You know, there's a real need there and CBD works. Um, Consumers are increasingly ready and willing to try it. And, you know, with these mainstream brands moving in to the space and more institutional investment, it will definitely happen. Um, We just need a little bit more regulatory clarity. I think we're not quite there yet, but it's definitely starting to, you know, to, to have the right Go in the right direction. Um, yeah, soon. Brace yourself,
0: <laughs> Jean. What's your perspective?
3: I
1: agree. You know, there's this generation of shoppers who
3: are motivated by design-driven lifestyle brands, and and these are really new connected consumers. They're very educated. Right, T- tied to the social media which they use to influence their consumption decisions uh, and their purchase, you know, purchasing their products. Um, and these consumers, you know, they want to proactively take control of their health and wellness. They're looking for customized health and beauty products. And really, this whole movement of cannabis and CBD is really a wake-up call to the healthcare system because these consumers are, are heading to more natural places, more natural shops, these apothecaries that are giving them what they need because they're listening and they're connecting better with the consumers.
0: Nat?
4: I think we're seeing a big shift. I think we're at the very beginning of that shift. Um, We have undoubtedly seen some big investments in the space. I think we're also this year probably going to see a shakeout because some of those investments have not necessarily been played particularly well. Um, I think the raw ingredient side of the market is going to shake out this year. I think there's been there is a, a vast oversupply of of raw ingredients about to, to come online. So we're going to see that that change things up. But I think the consumer demand is there. The framework in terms of what we need in regulation and, and distribution and retail is is beginning to get there. When all of those things come together, I think we will see explosive growth.
2: And Laura? The speed at which things have been moving definitely give us reason to be optimistic however there are processes that inevitably take time which makes patience and continuous learning key values to endure the journey we believe that product consistency safety efficacy regulatory acceptance you know and clarity are still the type of challenges that need to be addressed and surpassed in order to fulfill this promise of growth. So we see it coming, but there are still things that uh, naturally need to be done in order to, to as I've already said, fulfill this promise of growth.
0: Where will we be in five and 10 years' time? Um, will CBD-based products be a staple in every household by 2030 as predicted? Or is the lack of regulation or perhaps over-regulation in future going to stunt growth? Uh, Nat, what's your forecast?
4: Um, I think, yeah, it will undoubtedly become a, a staple, certainly within a 10-year time frame. I think we're already seeing regulation being sorted out there. Um than it has in a lot of other areas. I think this will be driven by consumer demand. I think we've seen that in the UK with novel foods regulation around ingestibles that actually taking shape and them actually taking quite a reasonable stance on it, but one that will protect the public and will also aid um, good brands. I think we will increasingly see that worldwide because this isn't going away. There's clearly consumer demand. Um, as long as those regulations can be constructed in a in a way that is beneficial to everyone, then I think we will we will see it um, in all manner of beneficial products for the end user and even wider consumer adoption.
0: Gemma, what's your prediction?
1: Um, yeah, I think regulation will be having a positive effect by then. I think major brands will exist and occupy the mainstream. And the consumer understanding will be a lot better. I think um, we're also going to see, you know, the full range of cannabinoids and their benefits um, emerging um, to offer additional growth within the market. Um, I think we definitely predict that... It will become, you know, part of most people's household, maybe 50% people out there um, in the next 10 years. Um, so maybe not every household, but definitely mainstream and massive. Um, there's still a lot of opportunity and a long way to go before, you know, people really are truly discovering and understanding the power of CBD.
2: And Laura? Yeah, uh, we believe the future will be shaped not only by the regulatory frameworks that surround cannabis products and the industry, but also on the speed at which evidence continues to be generated. So, favorable evidence on the benefits and effects of cannabis will be a key driver for patient, consumer, and you know also government acceptance. And uh, we also believe that the increasing confidence, the data, and the knowledge, you know, have already provided and hopefully will continue to do so will help us move beyond the trend. And um, yeah, finally, you know, we do believe that it is those products and brands that gain adherence and credibility from consumers um, that will actually, you know, reap all of the current, you know, benefits and growing movements that that we're seeing in the industry. So that's that's sort of our view on that one. And finally,
0: Dr. June, would you like to close for us?
3: Sure, I agree with everything that's said. It's wonderful. It really is reframing our thinking about medicine and healthcare in the future and preventative medicine. I think CBD is here to stay. Cannabinoids are here to stay. And it'll be used as preventative for health and wellness like vitamin C.
0: Fabulous. Thank you, everybody. I would like to thank you for taking part today. Thank you, Nat, Gemma, Laura, and June. And thank you. To our audience for listening, goodbye.